You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores and celebrates all things pedal pumping. I'm your host, Mimi Footnip, and I'm a pedal pumping content creator and foot model. And you can contact me via my email at mimifootnip at gmail.com, or you can check out my website, mimifootnip.com, for more info about me and where to see my my videos or how to my social media contact me blah 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 okay <laughs> i feel like i say the same thing every week and you guys know the drill so i want to uh first start off this podcast by acknowledging my patron jim shu who is also a fetish author and has published a couple of books one about pedal pumping or includes a lot of pedal pumping themes. So you should check that out on Amazon if you haven't already. And he has generously provided uh, another installment of the Run Rabbit Run series, which I've posted over on Patreon, um, the written form, and then I also narrated it. And I'll include an excerpt here on the podcast. So I want to thank Jim. I want to thank all of my patrons, Tevin, Matt, Jim, Riker, Not a Golfer, Rayshawn, Steven, Eric F, Eric J, Cranking Fan, Rocket Man, Havaianas Fan, Austin, Joe, DL. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast week after week, month after month. You are the community. And I feel like it's such a privilege to be a part of this community and to be entrusted with your stories, with your uh, your questions, your insights, all of that. Um, I have this week, I'm, like I said, I have an excerpt from Jim Shoes Run Rabbit Part 4 that I'm going to play. And then I also have a letter from Eric F. He's a patron and or an email. And um, I, I call them letters. I'm old-fashioned like that, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I also have actually... Um, I want to make a public apology. I, I had a really big faux pas and I fucked up. So I'll do that after a quick break. Right, back from the break. So first things, I want to talk about uh, like creators ripping off creators and how shitty that is. And also just how shitty it is when somebody distributes your work without giving you credit or without your permission. And sometimes people will take samples of a pedal pumping video and modify it to their own, you know, and I guess if it's for your own personal use, that's one thing. But if you're like selling it or reposting it for other people to see, even if you're not profiting from it, but you're using content in a way that wasn't with expressed consent from the original uh, creator that's fucked up and I actually did that so <laughs> yeah and I I owe a huge apology to Pedal Extreme who emailed me the other day saying hey you know like I saw you have these videos on um, clips for sale with the pedal board and it sounds like my audio and I was like is it oh my god like how would I know anyway I had this audio that I used that I didn't know I like I had no idea who it belonged to and I guess I just was kind of thinking it was in the public domain on the internet and 
it, you know, I, I don't know. He said, I'm pretty familiar with my work. I think it's, you know, this, he described what he thought. I mean, he seemed pretty convinced that it was his audio and I have no reason to believe that, you know, he's not telling me the truth. Like, why would he reach out to me for that? So I apologize to him and I want to apologize to him publicly that that's a huge fuck up and I'm sorry. And so I went and deleted those videos out of the clip store. They are no longer available. And um, yeah, so I mean, maybe you listeners out there have done this or other creators have done this. If you have, I mean, I did it. I didn't do it knowingly, but it, I was... There's a lot of like cranking audio um, just out in the world, right, online. Um, and sometimes it doesn't seem like we maybe, it seems like it maybe is in the public domain, but it's really hard to know. So lesson learned, just create, use and create your own audio. I mean, I have plenty of cranking audio. I just wanted something different. I just wanted something that I didn't have. So, um, I won't be making that mistake again. And I apologize as a creator. I want to support other creators. And I think we all want our work to be respected. I know I do. I know I would be upset if somebody like ripped off parts of my content and repurposed it without running it by me to see how I felt about it or offering to pay me for it or something like there should be some sort of consent going on. Um, that's what copyright law is for. Right. So again, I apologize. Pedal extreme was like super cool about it. Like I, in fact, I thought, wow, I'm really, I feel really lucky that like he was such a cool person and like reached out. Like he didn't send me like a cease and desist or anything from like a lawyer. It was just a friendly, like, Hey, I think that this may be my stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know who it is. It was just, you know, out there on the internet. And, um, so my apologies and lesson learned. And I guess I just want to, I already apologized to him, but I feel like by making a public apology, it's just kind of a reminder that we can all make mistakes and we all have to like own up to our mistakes and apologize. And um, I think that kind of thing just like strengthens our community. You know, we are a small community. We really need to support each other. It's hard to be a pedal pumping creator. It's not like there's a lot of money in it, you know, I'm going to be honest. It's it's like a kind of a labor of love. We do it because we love it. Um, and I think that's why you don't see tons of people just filling in, like, you know, coming into pedal pumping for the cash. There's, you know, that's a myth. If somebody thinks that, like, oh, people do pedal pumping to, like, earn a quick buck. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> if you know how to do that, let me know. But, you know, I do think that, like, our community has integrity. I think that we are, at heart, good people, and we're here for good reasons, and we do make mistakes. And so I just want to step forward and acknowledge my error, apologize, and hopefully, um, you know, if somebody finds my content somewhere being used in some way that's not associated with me, I hope somebody would alert me to that. Um, you know, I think we just need to have each other's backs. That's the bottom line. Um, so, okay. <laughs>
with that out of the way, I um, want to read an email from Eric F. He says, hey, Mimi. So during last week's heat wave, and this was this email is from a while ago, so we didn't have a heat wave last week. Um, Eric F. and I both live in California. So he says, during last week's heat wave, I was fortunate enough to work outside. Sarcasm. <laughs> Since my brain hadn't turned to mush yet, I started to throw a story ideas around in my head to help keep me going, keep me from going insane. Something you said a while ago popped into my head and then that something turned into something else and I heard that I heard years ago from someone else and that turned into another deja vu moment. So way, way back, my best friend Bridget and I were con content creators, which you're aware of, but may have forgotten because of the heat. No, I didn't forget. <laughs> I remember you and Bridget, um, and you still have a Clips for Sale store. Um, I'm cutting into the story. Let me get back to the email, and I'll respond at the end like I usually do. Well, when she would begin filming herself driving around, she would dress like she was going to the office. Even on the weekends, when she'd drive around for a couple of hours, she'd be in office attire. While the shoes weren't always heels, she'd either wear Monday to Friday, Thursday, business attire, or Friday, which was casual day. No matter what, she'd always wear full makeup and, of course, have her hair nice as well. Then it hit me. When I was working in Pleasanton, I'd go to the hair salon for my haircuts because, well, it was convenient. They all knew me since our stores were 10 seconds away from each other. And as stylists packed up and moved on, I'd always select the next stylist in line. More so to be fair and not to pick a favorite over someone else, since we all knew each other from working so close. So Lauren was the next in line. Lauren was awesome. She ended up moving to Truckee to be with her boyfriend, who by now is her husband. Anyway, the stylist at the salon had to look the part. So none of the gals were allowed to look like they just woke up. They were required to have their hair nice, of course, makeup, skirts, or dresses. Pants were allowed on Saturdays. And for footwear, heels weren't required, but they weren't allowed to wear flip-flops or wear sneakers unless it was Saturday. Those who were renting a stall were allowed to dress as casual as they wanted. However, they still needed to have their hair and makeup on. So Lauren was an employee. She dressed the part very well, and even on Saturdays, she dressed like it was office professional day. Well, one of my delivery drivers took a fancy to her. Then again, what sane guy or even girl wouldn't? So I remember it was winter time. He went to 7-Eleven to get whatever. Lauren walked out and headed there too. So I didn't hear what happened between them, but I did hear about it a few days later from Lauren. So I'm there for my haircut and she starts asking me about the guy. I forgot his name, but he was the guy who, he was the type who came across as nice, trustworthy and caring in real life. He tried. He was good with words, but he looked like a bum more often than not. So Lauren asked me what his story was. So I tell her what I know and asked her what did he, I asked what, sorry. So I tell her what I know and asked what he did to her. She said he was nice, complimented her on her boots and how her hair was looking and then asked her out for coffee, which she said she had a boyfriend, which we all know, knew she didn't at the time. So he accepted it and that was it. So she tells me, it's weird that he complimented me on my boots. Usually guys just go straight for the want to go and hang out. So the boots, I remember them. They were dark blue suede with a five inch wedge heel and a two inch platform. 
What made them unique was it was a hidden heel. The entire boot was one piece, no stitching, no lines, no indicators that it had a high heel on it. Lauren had no problems in heels. Her 4'11 height gave her an advantage, lower center of gravity. She never switched shoes, no matter what the day was doing. If she started in stilettos, she was in them till she left for the day, and she drove with them on. Anyway, am I on a tangent again? Sorry. So I took the opportunity to tell her the boots she wore did look good on her. She replied, you mean my weapons of mass destruction boots? Then a second later, I got the look of not you too. Yeah, she messed up trying to conceal that. So I said, think about it. Why do you wear heels? Before she could answer, change the subject or get out of it, I said, you either wear them for height, to feel the power of your femininity, to get noticed, or to make other women jealous. She was quiet. Then I said, think about it. Why do you wear makeup? Fix your hair. Wear nice clothes for there are lots of other salons where the stylists look like they don't care about themselves. They just want to be comfortable or whatever they feel they are. I then said, you are your own advertisement. Women will definitely see you. Your clients see you dressed up. It shows you care about how you look and portray yourself. And with that, you'll do the same for them. And then she always did make people feel good. She was quiet. I could see the wheels turning. Then she said, change a subject and she changed it to something different quickly so i asked what lauren did i hit a nerve too personal think about it you're working to either rent a stall which means you'll have to work harder to keep and gain clients or you're going to move elsewhere and have to start over dressing like you don't even care will impact your income and i know this because i used to not have to wait to get an appointment with you now i have to plan two weeks ahead you can't even sneak me in anymore she went back to her other subject, but I had to take the shot because I had to be me. So as the time went on, the guy, wave, the guy would wave or smile at her. She finally got annoyed and asked me to tell him to stop. I said, who? The boots guy? She said, yeah, him. Apparently, for Valentine's Day, he went to the salon with a dozen red roses, chocolates, and a card, and flat out asked her out. She was pissed off because not only... Did he embarrass her? He did it while she was cutting a client's hair. So I had to intervene, but it didn't go too well. He, he made a good retort. My time, my business. Yeah, it was his day off, so I had to try and reason with him, but it didn't work. I sent her a text and told her I doubt I helped any. So we went back a couple days later, and the other stylist stopped him at the door and told him if he came back, they'd call the police. And we all knew Pleasanton police were bored, and when a call came in... Four to five showed up and were praying for something good to happen, so he took the hint. Lauren wasn't upset with me, and she didn't change the way she dressed, but a while later she told me she was moving to Truckee and said it's only three hours away. I'm like, yeah, in the spring and summer. So I moved to the next stylist after Lauren was hired on. That stylist inherited all of Lauren's clients. I still had to fight for an appointment. Today, I go back to the first stylist, and she's an independent, and she's also part of the fetish world, too. I'm working on getting her to add foot and pedal pumping to her repertoire. Anyway, where was I? Oh, Lauren would refer to her heels as weapons of mass destruction. She'd show off new shoes and outfits along with her hairstyles on her Facebook page. So that stuck with me. So Mimi, you've added to this too when you mentioned that when you're teaching online, you always dress the part, you wear makeup when you probably don't have to, but you do because it's your professional image you want to convey. Again, you dress up, 
look nice. It shows your clients that you care about yourself and you'll care about them and they're paying you for an education. They should get an education from a professional instructor. I forgot when this happened, but you referred to wearing nylons as your armor. So with that, I realized this below makes sense now. Your makeup is your shield. Your nylons are your armor. Your high heels are your weapons. With these three items, you, Mimi, are the force to be reckoned with. We're all here to follow Mimi Footnip. I think that's about all I wanted to say. Sorry for the tangents. It's been a long day. Keep your heels high, Eric F. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. That's funny. I don't know if everybody's here to follow me, but I think everyone's here because of our mutual love of pedal pumping. So um, I just... I, I thought this was really fun, I've, especially the conclusion about makeup is your shield, nylons are your armor, and high heels are your weapons. Um, I feel like I'm going out to do battle, and you know what? With this patriarchy, god damn it, I am. And some of the things you said, I just want to call attention to, so I'm going to go back um, about Lauren. Da-da-da wearing having her hair and her makeup done and all of that yeah I know in a lot of professions um there are so many like rules about like dress code things which I think is really interesting because now I know I believe anyway I shouldn't say no but I believe I'm under the impression for some reason that in New York there's a new law that like if you require for example if you require um women to wear pantyhose with skirts then you also have to require men to wear pantyhose with skirts if men are wearing skirts um and i know in some industries it's very like in aviation i don't think men are allowed to wear skirts but men are allowed to wear makeup um and, and this may not be universal this may just be some airlines but um but the makeup has to look have the no makeup look so you can't wear like sparkly purple eyeshadow it would have to be like a neutral skin tone like no glitter type of thing for men and actually i think women too are supposed to have like a professional looking makeup but are not required to so i have some thoughts about this because you know women are constantly judged on our appearance and there are all even like you know companies will police or I shouldn't say police, but like have dress code requirements around a woman's appearance. And I get what you're saying, Eric, like the way you present yourself to the world sends a message. Absolutely. It's like, we know this, you know, um, psychological studies where people are wearing um, uniforms of authority, like a police officer uniform, people respond differently to perceived authority. And clothing gives a lot of cues and signals about who we are in society and what our roles are and what you know um as far as my my makeup i gotta tell you there are days that um i don't leave my house like i'm just working on video editing say all day and i don't see another person and i have a full face of makeup because i like doing my makeup and i i have been wearing makeup since about 6th grade um same thing with doing my nails like i always have my nails done i always have like pedicure you know toes nails i like them to match that's another thing i always like to have my 
fingers and toenail colors matching. And I always have, I wouldn't say I always have my hair done because sometimes um, I'll just throw it up in a ponytail and I'm like, eh, good enough. But, <laughs> but I'm never going to like not have my hair combed or in some sort of style. But yeah, the makeup thing, um, I don't, I absolutely do not wear makeup for my students. I wear makeup for me. And I know that seems like a silly or nonsense distinction, but I feel like, um, for me, putting on makeup is a really fun part of my day. I like it because I like art. And to me, it's kind of like doing art on my face. And that is fun. And um, I know some people who wear makeup, like, like because they're required to or they feel social pressure to for their job or whatever, and they kind of hate it and they hate putting it on and they don't enjoy it. They don't really enjoy it. It's like a chore. And I guess... I I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, I don't have that experience. I like wearing makeup. I enjoy the whole process of putting it on and wearing it and shopping for it and picking it out. And like, I, I'm totally down. In fact, (laughs) my alternate kind of like fantasy career would be makeup artist. If I didn't have to work like at the mall and Um, like weird hours and stand on my feet all day and have to deal with like customer service. If I could just do makeup, I would totally love to be a makeup artist. You're just like painting on people's faces and making people look like totally amazing. And, and I don't know. I just think that's super, super fun. I love makeup. So it's kind of like shoes. Like I wear high heel shoes, not to feel powerful or to make women jealous or what were the other reasons you you were like saying to her, like, are you wearing, you're wearing shoes for these reasons. I I feel like it's kind of like makeup. Like I like to wear cute shoes because of how it makes me feel because it's something that I enjoy. I take delight in it. Like I feel happy putting on makeup and putting on great shoes and having my nails done like I love all that stuff so I just wanted to say that from my my perspective because I think other women or other people have different perspectives like other people have to put on their quote office clothes and go to work or they have to like put on a face of makeup or do their hair or, you know, do whatever to like look a certain way to be palatable to society or acceptable to their, their job. And that sucks. I think I kind of decided my first job out of, no, my second job, I guess, out of college. Um, I pierced my tongue because I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to conform. I don't want to have to ever have a job that tells me like what I can do with my body or what I, what I look like. And I mean, luckily for me, I'm cisgender. I'm pretty like my, um, the things that I like are pretty much naturally conforming to society's expectations. So really it's not like I'm doing anything super wild or crazy, but I guess like on principle, I'm like, I want to look the way I want to look and do things my way. Cause I'm, I mean, look at my, 
my my sex work my fetish um you know content creation business it's like it's definitely a non-conforming like non-traditional thing to do but i feel a certain sense of pride in that like i feel a certain sense of pride in doing something that is meaningful and important to me even though other people may not understand it or other people may it's kind of like other women or other people may not like wearing makeup but I do and I take pride in that same thing with pedal pumping same thing with a lot of things in my life um so yeah I guess I just wanted to take this opportunity to read your email and also share a little bit more about me kind of just personally um and yeah and because I know you guys don't really ever get to see my face and on that note, also, I'm going to say that I am going to, I'm working on like kind of a Halloween creepy cranking horror, kind of like a, not horror, but like terror, maybe like thriller type video that I'm going to have hopefully up in the clip store, um, maybe even by this weekend. And you see a lot of my face, like full on face shots in that video. So. So, um, yeah, I'm a little nervous about that, but also I feel pretty good about it. I think this video is maybe, um, I don't think it's like the absolute best video ever, but I had a really, really good time putting it together and filming it and like everything. Like it was, it was really fun and there's, um, some good cranking in it. I think it's in a, um, I filmed it in a, like a really old, graveyard that's like over a hundred years like there's graves that are over a hundred years old like from like the late 1800s early 1900s so it's like a it's like a legit spooky ass place and I went there like as the sun was going down and it gets dark and um anyway so <laughs> you'll get to see me in that um if, if you want. And I'm going to end today with a little bit of um, Run Rabbit by Jim Shu. I really encourage you guys to support him and check out his, um, his books on Amazon. Amazon.com slash author slash Jim Shu. And uh, I'll leave you with that. Meanwhile, have a great weekend. Enjoy some pedal pumping because you deserve it. Run Rabbit Part 4 by Jim Shu. Amazon.com slash author slash Jim Shu. Jennifer accelerated hard out of the garage into a tight corner. The engine roared under the constant pressure of her right foot on the accelerator. Tevin's eyes widened at her aggressive exit. He gripped the sides of the seat, nervous and excited by the hard acceleration and her pretty foot on the pedal. Jennifer straightened out the car with a broad smile. Tevin nervously smiled back, but he was thrilled to see Jennifer behind the wheel of his car again. Am I making you nervous? Jennifer inquired. She smiled as Tevin squirmed in his seat. She caught him looking at her foot on the gas pedal. Ah, uh, well, I'm not nervous. Don't be silly, Tevin responded, 
attempting to mask his mixed state of arousal and frayed nerves. He worried about his car, but was turned on by Jennifer's aggressive handling. Jennifer pushed in the clutch and revved the engine while it coasted. Tevin's nervous smile betrayed his arousal. He looked at Jennifer for a moment. She was watching him from the corner of her eye. He looked at her feet again. The draw was too much. She had him at her feet, if only symbolically. Do you miss this? Jennifer smirked. She revved the engine again, tapping the gas aggressively as the car coasted down the car-lined street. Her head turned slightly, splitting time between the road and Tevin's reaction. The clutch pressed to the floor, and her sexy foot on the gas held his attention. Her smile turned to a frown. She gasped. A man stood on the road. He was not in the middle of the street, but appeared to be approaching the driver's door of a parked car. His silhouette startled Jennifer. She slammed on the brake, locking up the tires with a squeal. Her foot slipped from the clutch and stalled the old Camaro. Oh my God, Jennifer exclaimed. The palm of her hand pressed into her chest above her bosom as she exhaled. Tevin's grip on the side of the seat tightened. His attention was on her pretty foot on the gas pedal, then slamming on the brake, and he did not immediately realize the near miss. Jennifer held her cute foot on the brake and held it in place. The engine was silent. The dashboard's lights lit up like a Christmas tree. Recognition filled her eyes. Her mouth hung open. The stalled engine caught the man in the street's attention. He stared right at her. It's him, Jennifer whispered. She froze like the Camaro's stalled engine. Him who? Tevin responded. He pulled his eyes from the foot well for a moment. He noticed the look of horror on Jennifer's face. What is it? He looked at the large man approaching the car. His badge on his belt reflected light. Oh, that him. He didn't see you. Just your car? Jennifer nodded, her eyes moistened with fear as the man approached. The stone-faced man with the badge stalked closer. Her rabbit was in the parking space a few spots ahead and had garnered the detective's attention. How did he find my car? Jennifer queried with a quiver in her voice. Start the car. He doesn't know it's you, Tevin said. His voice hurried. Jennifer's fingers turned the key. She leaned into the steering wheel. Her pretty foot slipped out of the T-strap Birkenstock. Her big and second toe pressed the pedal. Her other toes wrapped around the side, gripping the pedal. Her sensitive toes felt the rough pedal, getting a good feel of the car. She pressed the gas pedal to the floor three times. Quick pumps as she turns the ignition key. Come on, come on, please start, Jennifer pleaded. Jennifer pleaded. 